As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, I'd like to introduce Todd Lohr and Bill Milwaukee. We'll spend some time talking with them about how digital enablement can aid organizations in thinking through their response to COVID-19. Todd and Bill, as we begin, would you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Great, thanks. So Todd Lohr, I lead our digital consulting business in the U.S. for KPMG, and I really focus on helping clients think through a number of different emerging and disruptive technologies and how they can implement those to solve key areas for their business. Hello, I'm Bill Milwaukee. You know, we're not allowed to have taglines on our individual areas within the firm, but if I had one, it would be that we model human behavior. We model human behavior so we can understand that it changes, if it changed, why it changes. Specifically, in the last couple of quarters, I've been focused on an area of decision science that seeks to use big data to weave a contextual fabric or understanding of what's happening in the marketplace and then uses machine learning to, again, explain what happened, why it happened, when it's going to happen again. So to jumpstart our conversation, we know that the amount of data around us is growing at an exponential rate, which makes it increasingly difficult and time-consuming for data scientists to find the data that's relevant. But at the same time, it's all this data and these signals that provide the keys to making really strong business decisions. As I understand it, the Signals Repository was originally engineered to assist machine learning data scientists by providing context around events and outcomes. And since we find ourselves in the middle of an unprecedented and unforeseen event with what is currently an uncertain outcome, I've been looking forward to sitting down with the two of you. In response to COVID-19, you've recently onboarded a bunch of new disease-relevant signals. Combined with the signals you've always had, you've been able then to quickly understand things like which locations are most at risk for the next outbreak or the locations that have a heightened demand for goods and services. And as a result of that, you've been building some models, determining the economic impact on a particular business or a sector or a region. So as we jump into our conversation, I'd like for you to begin by sharing with our listeners what you're currently seeing in the market. The biggest thing that we're seeing immediately in the market is really around the response to COVID. And I think the way we're looking at it is there's going to be multiple phases here. Most organizations and C-suite leadership that we're speaking to on a regular basis, it's really about the here and now and how we can respond and bring technology specifically given Bill and I's role to those things that are happening today in the market. And it's really within that two primary areas. One, it's applications or support for your response itself, leveraging technologies that are in the market that go by the name of low-code or no-code that can be spun up quickly, can be able to do case management, to, to do workflow and automation, to be able to understand how organizations are responding and to be able to do some of the communication and work around that. And then the other big thing that we want to get to in a lot more detail of this podcast is really the use of data and how you can use data not only in the response but also in the recovery in all phases of what we see in the future. When you look at companies, when you look at enterprises, they know that they're going to be hit, and they know they're going to be hit everywhere. But the question they're trying to wrestle with is, where will they be hit and when? There will be troughs. How deep the trough at each location? And how quickly will those locations, those microgeographies, start to rebound? 
I think that generally speaking, whether you're a product or a service company, the question you're wrestling with is rebalancing. If you're a retailer, you're trying to rebalance inventory and labor to where it's going to most be needed. If you're a services company, you're trying to rebalance across, for example, call centers in terms of providing triage and assistance. The thing that we see being asked most often is where, when, soonest, last, recovery, where, when, soonest, last. COVID-19 is undoubtedly presenting a lot of organizations with both immediate and long-term challenges, some of which you've just spoken about. Within the context of data and analytics, how are you seeing people respond at this time? So in a couple areas, I think one is just having an understanding of the impact to their business. How do you use data and data that they might not already have? So being able to combine different data sets. Most organizations today are pretty good at understanding how their business operates in a business-as-usual scenario and being able to understand how to project forward that. I think the challenge that we see in the market today is that this is not a typical scenario. You used it kicking off unprecedented times, and I think that is causing challenges for organizations to understand how is that impacting their business, where is it impacting their business, using existing data that companies currently use to run the day-to-day operations of the business and extrapolating external data sources or health data. Some organizations that are in the health industry are very good at using that data already. Others, that might not be something that would be typically top of mind. So being able to add those additional data sets to be able to look a little bit forward as to where they see this going and get more into the predictive side of how that data can help them guide the day-to-day business operations and the decisions that they're making. I think that what we were fortunate as an organization to have figured out a long time ago is that data needs to be looked at temporally over time so we can understand how things are changing and geographically so that we can understand rates of change, but we can understand them down to a locale. And so forever, we've taken whatever data assets that we're gathering up, and we have geotagged them, and we have created time series representations of them. quite natural for us when we look at the world to say, what's changing in Peoria? What was the baseline in Chicago? Where are we heading in St. Louis? Early in this podcast, you brought up the notion of data that we had had and new data that are being published. It's interesting, there was an awful lot of data out there that really gave us insights into who would be touched first and hardest with this virus. So take, for example, Medicare Medicaid. Medicare Medicaid has published data forever, and if you geotagged it like we have, we know where all the people 65 and older live. And likewise, we know what kind of diagnoses they've had in the past. So we know where all the upper respiratory illnesses are or diabetes are for seniors. Now, think about the notion of looking at each town in America and understanding the density of high-risk people. Well, that was all available to us with kind of traditional data and incredibly helpful in terms of understanding where first. Now, along comes COVID, and we see what I'm calling pop-up data, the government suddenly publishing, we know where drive-up testing facilities are, and we know by county where the diagnoses, hospitalizations, and deaths are. So there's this wealth of new data that's also come online, and it's the combination of the two that really is beginning to allow us to understand what's happened, but also where it's going to happen next, and even things like when we'll reach the bottom of the trough at a local area 
and when will begin to rebound. You know, the use cases are numerous, but just to illustrate this idea of what are companies doing about it, and to Todd's reference, they're augmenting their data. Today, we know that the FDIC publishes information about every guaranteed insured dollar at every bank branch in America. And we know that the U.S. Census publishes the relative debt-to-equity ratio of every household in America. And we know the ratio of mom-and-pop businesses to national chains in every town in America. And there's new COVID-related pop-up data, such as jobs postings in every town in America. And we know, for example, the number of plane takeoffs and landings at every regional airport in America. And so we can start to roll this all together and augment a company's existing data and what we can see from that, from FDIC-insured dollars and debt-to-equity ratio and ratio of moms and pops and new jobs postings and takeoffs and landings, it could be used, for example, by a mortgage company to understand where they're likely to see the greatest number of defaults versus where they'll see some modicum of resiliency in the home mortgage market. So augmentation of data in order to understand where they are coming from and where they're going is probably the principal thing that I see companies doing in response. This is absolutely fascinating stuff. Well, because Signal's repository works as an accelerator, I'd imagine there's a lot of ways that you're able to help organizations find the right data and signals. So what are some of the discoveries you're making during this time? It's interesting. I think that uh, good people with good intentions will typically say, hey, look, I know what causes an economic downturn in a local economy. If we call those the known unknowns, I think generally they're right. But the real question are what are the unknown unknowns? And so when we look at the signals repository, we have 60,000 signals geocoded to each lat long in America. So think about that. I can take a town or I can take a neighborhood or I can take a census block and I can look at 60,000 signals that describe or are proxies for what's going on there. And using machine learning, what I can do is I can rapidly evaluate all 60,000 to see if by themselves or in combination, they actually explain something, they're actually cause something. And so I can explore 60,000, I begin to find the unknown unknowns. I think what's been the most interesting is our discovery of contributors that we never would have thought of before had we not the advantage of having 60,000 geotagged signals that we could look at at a hyper-local level. You know, one of the questions that was brought to us early on was brought to us by a retail pharmacy. And what they wanted to understand is which of their stores would be overrun whether it was over-the-counter meds, whether it was prescriptions, or whether it was simply having the right labor in the store at a specific time. And what we were trying to do was to score every one of their stores in the United States to figure out the trading areas around which each of them, which ones were going to be overrun first, second, and third. And one of the things that we found in evaluating all these signals was public transit and how important that was in the daily lives of people in the trading area was a major contributor. And you know, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you think about a subway or a bus system that's leveraged by lots of people, they're in close quarters, the virus spreads, and so that's a contributor. By itself, it's not so much. 
But when sprinkled in with other things like a lot of people 65 and older with prior diagnoses of upper respiratory disease and diabetes, that all of these things conspire. But it was only because we were able to use automated features exploration, machine learning, against 60,000 geotag signals, each trading area around all of the stores, that we were able to find that really important insight. And that allowed us to put together really a sequencing map that said, this store will be hit first, this one second, this one third, et cetera. Thank you for sharing that as well. You've given us such an incredible amount to think about. And we'd like to ask if there are any tips that you might want to give to our listeners, any insight that you have that you might want to share with them during this time. More broadly, I would just say thinking about the use of technology, whether it's data or other applications, technologies in the marketplace, thinking about how they can be effective in supporting everyone through the response and in creative ways, thinking about ways that we can use this to either flatten the curve or help with the rebound as we come back to life. So being a kind of a geek, I'm just going to point to two kind of geeky things. I think the first one is static data doesn't tell you a lot. But if I tell you my home price is a half a million dollars, is that good or bad? Firstly, what was it three months ago? What was it 12 months ago? What was it two years ago? If I tell you that six months ago it was a million dollars and today it's a half million, that tells you a whole lot. And so we really have to look at any particular datum in terms of its change over time. So rates of change are really important. I think the second related thing worth looking at is that data are highly perishable. In fact, if we look just the two weeks ago, the projections on the number of deaths in America was north of 2 million people. A study came out today and the projection is 93,000. And so we have to really look at data as being highly perishable and we have to connect to it. We have to refresh it as often as it's published from its source. And so when we look at the repository, you know, that's a big part of the engineering list is we're connected to a thousand open source sources. Being able to go out to them and harvest new data as often as it's republished is what makes this highly useful. And so I think that's a tip. Make sure that you're working with the freshest of data and make sure that you're looking at it over time. What should our listeners then be considering for the future? There will likely be other disruptive events. If it's not a COVID-19, it will be a severe weather event or a cyber intrusion. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share on how organizations can be proactive about leveraging this kind of data to create readiness and resilience for the future? I think that's a great question and one of the things that I'm most excited about, I think, in how organizations are rallying around the use of technology and specifically in your question, data, to be able to help their business, to help their employees, to help their customers. There's going to be a lot of learnings coming out of this that I think are really exciting for us to think about how we improve the world longer term using either technology or data or analytics. So I think there's a lot of lessons that will come out of here that will ultimately really fuel some great things that are going to happen in the future. We work with a chap who's pedigreed on uh, simulation, and one of the things we always try to build into our simulation is simulating black swan events, and they're near impossible to predict. Like you said, what's the next one? Is it weather-related? I think that practically speaking, the best thing a company can do is to be first to see a downturn and first to see an upturn. Think about your own investing. I know that 
I didn't see the downturn. I'm still long on everything. Uh, but, you know, there was somebody who saw that downturn quickly and took cash positions on everything in their best position. No different with companies. And so I think we have to adopt a mindset that says we should put sensors out there, things that we know that drive our business or things that we know that drive the communities that drive our business. Let's have sensors out there. And when we see very early on things starting to change, that should raise the alarm bells. So think about them as buoys in the ocean sensing for the gradual buildup of a tsunami. If we can do that, I think we'll avoid a lot of the heartache that goes with being caught a little bit short-footed. Todd and Bill, thank you for being here with us today to discuss how digital enablement can aid organizations in thinking through their COVID-19 response. So often we hear and we talk about machine learning and other AI systems as future-focused, but you've certainly helped them to feel not only very real, but timely and important. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now, What Next? And in the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19. Thank you.